Hello, dear listeners. This podcast has reached its final episode. I've started a new podcast titled Build Your English, which you can find at patreon.com slash buildyourenglish. There, you can access your weekly free episode and its transcript. I hope to see you there. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the C1 Speaking Podcast. This is your host, Christian, and in episode 32, we'll be looking at the question, Christian, tell me, what is your happiest childhood memory? Now, this could be a part one interview question in your Cambridge C1 exam, and in that case, your answer doesn't have to be longer than 20, maybe 30 seconds. However, in this episode, my answer is a bit longer, and this is just to show you more language and ideas. Besides, you could be talking about this particular topic with your family at the dinner table, or with your friends in a restaurant. And in those situations, you're probably chatting away freely, right? Without a strict time limit. So, why not give ourselves permission to reminisce a bit longer than 20-30 seconds in this episode? All right, let's dive in. Christian, what is your happiest childhood memory? One of my happiest childhood memories, hmm, well, there's quite a few to choose from, but one that springs to mind immediately would be the lunch breaks at my grandparents. In the 90s, my parents both had a job, so I'd go to my grandparents' flat during lunchtime, and they would always have a spread of grilled cheese sandwiches. Toast with marmalade and chocolate cookies or creamy biscuits ready for me. And I remember poring over the pages of the Donald Duck and the TV guide and even the newspaper while munching on my lunch. Sometimes I'd bring a friend along and we'd enjoyed playing board games or cards with my grandfather. I have to say, there was something about the atmosphere. It was always so warm and welcoming. I felt truly at home there. You know, I can still picture my grandmother engrossed in her crossword puzzles. Those certainly were some of the best moments of my life. All right, that's today's model answer. Now, let's peel back the layers of this response. First, Notice the connectors that weave the story together. Words like sometimes and so. They make the narrative more fluid and easy to follow. Let's look at the example of sometimes and dig a little bit deeper. So, in the answer, I said, sometimes I'd bring, I'd bring a friend along. That's quite hard to pronounce. Sometimes I'd bring a friend along and we'd enjoyed playing board games or cards with my grandfather. Now, can you think of a word to replace sometimes? So, sometimes I'd bring a friend along. And I'd, by the way, I apostrophe D, means I would bring a friend along, 
we're talking about a past habit here, right? So sometimes I would bring a friend along. Now, do you know a word that you can use to replace sometimes? Sometimes can be replaced by occasionally or every now and then or from time to time. So for example, occasionally I'd bring a friend along or every now and then I would bring a friend along. Or I can say from time to time I would bring a friend along. Now this is a great way to become flexible when speaking English. Actually, you could argue that this method is the opposite of memorization. Because now you're not memorizing one word, but you're making your English more diverse in your brain. And most students don't know this technique, but now you do. So use it to your advantage, okay? Moving on. There are certain phrases in this answer that deserve our attention. Phrases such as springs to mind, pour over, and engrossed in. These phrases give depth to your story, right? They give it more color, they add more color. Let's have a closer look. In my answer, I said, one memory that springs to mind immediately would be the lunch breaks at my grandparents. Now, if something springs to mind, you think of it without making any effort. Now, let's try to make our English more flexible. Can you say this sentence and replace springs to mind with a synonym? One memory that comes to mind immediately would be the lunch breaks at my grandparents. Comes to mind instead of springs to mind. Or you could say one memory that presents itself immediately would be the lunch breaks at my grandparents. So there you have it, right? Two synonyms, comes to mind and presents itself. Let's do this with another verb phrase. So in my answer, I said, and I remember poring over the page of the Donald Duck, the TV guide, and even the newspaper. And if you pour over or pour through information, you look at it and study it very carefully. Now, what else could you say? Can you think of a synonym, a word or a verb phrase to use instead of pour over? For example, you could say, and I remember going over the pages of the Donald Duck, the TV guide, and even the newspaper. You could also use, and I remember scrutinizing the pages of the Donald Duck, etc., etc. Scrutinizing. Right? So again, two synonyms. This is how you become more flexible when speaking English. Do you want more? Okay, let's do one more. In my answer, I said, while munching on my lunch. Now, if you munch food, you eat it by chewing it slowly, thoroughly, 
and rather noisily. So some people munch on an apple, for example. They eat it rather noisily. Can you imagine that? Now, between you and me, I don't actually think I was really munching on my lunch. I just wanted to teach you this word. I wasn't munching, okay? Finally, I'd like to put the spotlight on the adjective engrossed in. I used it in this sentence. I said, I can still picture my grandmother engrossed in her crossword puzzles. And if you are engrossed in something, you give it all your attention. So let me, let me give you some example sentences. She was so engrossed by the book that she forgot the cookies in the oven. Or you could say she was so engrossed in the book that she forgot the cookies in the oven. Yeah, engrossed by or engrossed in something. Now listen carefully because you can also say they were so engrossed with what they were doing that they didn't hear me come in. Yeah, or they were so engrossed in what they were doing that they didn't hear me come in. So if you want to check that again, I urge you to look at the transcript, which you can find on the website c1speakingcourse.com. Yeah, have a closer look at it. Engrossed by or in the book and engrossed in with what they were doing. And that, my friends, wraps up our deep dive into this episode's response. We've looked at quite a few interesting examples of natural spoken English, such as spring to mind, pour over, munch on, and engrossed in. And my top tip for today is to incorporate the synonym technique into your own English practice. It can really help you to improve your speech, making it sound more flexible, natural, and fluent. And I also use this technique, by the way, in my three-hour audio course. And if you want more information about that, just go to c1speakingcourse.com. Thank you for joining me today. In our next episode, we'll be answering another intriguing question. Christian, have you ever had the opportunity to really help a friend? I hope to have your company then. Until next time. Stay curious, keep learning, and if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or share it with a friend. Speak soon, my friends. Bye-bye. Oh, and one more thing. You might have heard that I have a new podcast. It's called Build Your English. Every week, from Monday to Friday, I publish 10-minute lessons that teach English in a fun and effective way. I talk about all sorts of topics, from everyday subjects like food, travel, books, and language learning, to more serious ones like history, politics, culture, and even philosophy. The episodes are spoken at a speed you can understand and come with downloadable MP3 files and PDF transcripts. So by dedicating just 10 minutes a day to our lessons, you won't just see improvements in your English, you'll also enjoy the learning journey. I invite you 
to listen to an episode and see for yourself. Patreon.com slash build your English. Patreon.com slash build your English.